the pressures of life and it tough Now stay down, mama time, pick it up Now bother with the down, full style, strictly up Full vibes, now pick it up When the bills, them, the rent and the mortgage due when me chalice, when your best friends are gone and it's only you yeah. Like a split turn up the music Skanking swing, everybody wanna feel like free Forget your troubles and you rock with me You know feel a reggae music, sweetie Skanking swing, everybody wanna feel like free Forget your troubles and you rock with me So, you know, you might be a good DJ. No, you know like what? Like in another life, but you were, you had the music going way over your voice. Do you know right what there. happened? I don't know what happened. I'm using the sound board for the music. Ah. And we've got Missy on the phone, so I potted down ah. Missy's mic, and I had the sound too okay. loud. So, listeners. Yeah, that's going to run out here in a minute. Technical malfunction. All right. This guy is named... His stage name is Chronix, C-H-R-O-N-I-X-X, Jamar McNaughton. He's 30 years old, a reggae artist from Jamaica, and well-known in Kenya. Uh, And he just, I mean, I heard this guy's stuff, and I'm saying, we need to have him up here for a party. You're going to be having lots of parties with all these musicians. I'm telling you, it's, you know, this kid, he's just got it. Then I got another one. Did you Shazam this? No. You think I get all my music from Shazam? I only get like 96% of it. Okay. So this was one of the four you did. Yeah. Okay. Chronics. I think that's a cool name. Your backup singing was a nice touch too. Yeah. Well, you were getting down. All right. This is uh, the 50th chapter of Isaiah, and it's the English Standard Version. Uh, Thus says the Lord, where is your mother's certificate of divorce with which I sent her away? Or which of my creditors is it to whom I have sold you? Behold, for your iniquities you were sold, and for your transgressions your mother was sent away. Why, when I came, was there no man? Why, when I called, was there no one to answer? Is my hand shortened that it cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? Behold, by my rebuke, I dry up the sea. I make the rivers a desert 
the fish stink for lack of water and die of thirst. I clothe the heavens with blackness and make sackcloth their covering. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. I gave my back to those who strike and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. But the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be put to shame. That's the 50th chapter of the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. The first seven verses. So, you know, we've got, <laughs> I mean, I kind of sometimes feel like, oh, gosh, what do we have to talk about? Well, we have, a, we have all kinds of stuff to talk about that the mainstream media won't touch. I mean, it is a daggone. We could do, you know, I think we could do six hours a day. I think we could do, you know, 42 hours a week. No. <laughs> I know. You don't want to do that. Missy probably doesn't want to do that. I mean, she might want to do it. I don't know, you know, but, you know, we, we could do a lot of. So what lot. are you going to talk about since there's so much? Well, to talk you know about? what? <laughs> First of all, what I'm going to talk about is how thankful I am that we have the kind of technology that we have that we can do these things. If you guys knew the amount of money we've spent on the technology we use, you wouldn't even think we were real. Um, it, it's amazing what's available these days. But anyway, rather than get into that, um, Missy, you know, she's got some, some ideas here. So let's go with the first thing. You're on, Missy. Are, I'm on. <laughs> yeah, you're on. Well, where, where, where did you want to start? I thought maybe we would start uh, kind of what's uh, – there's, there's several subjects I wanted to talk about, but, uh, you know, very front and center right now is Trump's response in Ohio. Here we are. We're you know, we're looking at media outlets who were originally not reporting on East Palestine, Ohio, and the derailment at all. Who are now being forced to supposedly, you know, right. they're being forced to actually now cover it because Trump's gone down there. Um, you know, Biden has not. Buttigieg, however you say his name, is taking personal time off. Um, this, as we talked about last week, this is just a, it's like a, it is a slap in the face to small town America. So you're saying, is, you're saying that Pete Buttigieg, who is the, um, guy, thank you, whatever you call it, but a judge, um, the guy that is the head of this whole response has decided to take some personal time off. I mean, this isn't, personal uh, time off. Yep. Okay, so at one point it was with this guy. It was uh, you, you don't call it maternal leave uh, because there's no mother, but it was like uh, 
uh, newborn leave or something regarding a baby that they adopted, I think, maybe. I have no clue. Yeah, no, no clue. he He took some. He took some parental time off, and it was like three weeks. And he's the he's the head of the uh, commerce department, or what? Is, what? Is, what is he? The head transportation. of transportation. Transportation okay. secretary. Yeah, he's the yeah, guy that's yeah. supposed to be there when this, and he's now taking some personal time off. Can well, you believe was, that? He was basically. The, there was a reporter that stopped him, and of course, the you know the little clip has kind of gone viral because she asked, you know, are you going to Ohio? Are you going to go to this city? You know, to this city to offer anything, some words of encouragement? You know, certainly anything. And he said, yes, maybe sometime in the future. Right, right, okay. So this is so th- what. There, just- so, folks, I, I, especially. I don't know that if there are any Democrats that listen to this show, any liberals. You know, I don't know. Sometimes I think they listen in just to see if they can find me saying something that would, might be racist or homophobic or, you know, something like that, that that they could run up a flagpole and say, listen to Tom Dupree, what a jerk he is. And we knew it all along. And he said this. But look, what I want to say to you folks specifically this is what you voted for. This is what you elected. And you now have a government that doesn't function. We're going to get to the thing with uh, Trump uh, having gone there and offered to, uh, you know, at least be a presence there, a comforting presence. Well, supplies, and, and, hope, and anything. The, response that you guys have made to this somebody trying to exhibit leadership you know you guys hate trump so bad you will find any way to discredit what he's doing biden takes off so what's more important to biden than dealing with a dangerous poisonous contaminating uh chemical spill in his country is to go over to Ukraine and not to visit uh, the people that have had their homes blown up and they've been maimed and killed and this and that, but to go talk to the government about the potential of, you know, seeing how the weapons are doing. And he might be over there picking up a check. Who knows this getting recycled back to him or his uh, party. You don't know. I mean, these days anything goes, but so, so this of, is this is the thing that you guys voted for. It's you can't run from this. You cannot run from this. This needs to be hung around your neck and you need to wear this. Because if the you know, the voters in this country, most of whom simply want the government to give them something. I think it's more uh, than half. Mitt Romney said it was 47%. I think it's more than half. Everybody wants their little finger in the pie. How many people really care about this country? Okay, so as a political scientist, I graduated the political scientist degree, science degree. Literally, I think it was. So that makes you a scientist. So you you follow yeah, this you like follow that. the right, science, right? Right, right. I'm right. a scientist, right, right, yeah, right. You're a scientist. Um it, it it is a disastrous PR move, regardless of, of what your thoughts and feelings are about Biden, because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it is it kind of proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that he doesn't give two 
sense for small town America. Not at all. It's like it's 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 you get on a plane and you go. There's a horrible catastrophe happening in your country, and you get on a plane and go to Ukraine. And not only that, you fly into Poland, take the train down. You could have been hit by a Russian shell. Anything you put yourself. I mean, I wonder if he didn't hope it might happen because that way he wouldn't have to come back and deal with the mess he's made here. It's like it's like the difference between I had I saw somebody's comment saying he doesn't care about the average Joe, which kind of made me laugh because I thought, wait a minute, it is it's it's just it's the average Joe versus the Biden Joe, right? There there is no there is no voice for for those people, and when Trump came. You know, obviously, you know, all kinds of, of media, snarky, you know, tear down, um, you know, just for the opportunity of trying to do good. But God bless, at least he was trying to do something. It's funny. We were we went to go buy some water for an event that uh, Dupree Financial Group was having. And I, I like the water was depleted at the Kroger's. And I was like, what's the deal? Oh, they they said, think, oh you know, yeah, people are buying it up. Yeah, they yes, think the, 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 the water's getting or, or that it's Yeah, the, or the water's going to be bad here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, no, the, no listen, the Kentucky River does not flow backwards, okay? The the spill yeah. did not hit in the Kentucky River, and the, the, the chemicals will not flow back upstream from the Ohio. Now, the other, I want to tell a dog. Oh, wait a minute. Go I, I got to tell you real quick. One. Guess who else is arriving on scene in Ohio? <laughs> I don't know. Aaron, Aaron Brockovich. Oh, good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, this, <laughs> so uh, this Bro- yeah, it, it's, there, there needs to be somebody like her. Let me tell yeah, she, you. She, she tweeted out that she was going to be in the East Palestine, Palestine, Palestine. We have, so I haven't figured out what that was. Um, high school's auditorium. And, uh, so there are, Apparently she's, you know, she's all about the get the justice for people to know their legal rights and, you know, hold the railroad accountable. So, um, yep. Yeah, but nothing about the government. And, so, and, and there was a the movie that she just to, if in case a listener is saying, who is, who are they talking about? Um, she Aaron, was. Everybody yeah. knows Aaron Brockovich, well, Julia Roberts, the movie, the tainted water. <laughs> right. She she was the worked for the law firm brought the the multi 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 million dollar lawsuit against uh, the chemical company that was. Uh, so uh, let me let me get in here. And I want to tell a Donald right. Trump. I want to tell a Donald Trump. Tell story. a Donald Trump. So in 1987, I was so eight or nine years in the business. I was working in Houston at Rotan Mosley, and uh, this was October of '87, and. Uh, we had had, uh, you know, a fairly good decline in interest rates from the early 80s, but we weren't really to where we needed to be. And uh, you could still get almost a 10% yield on long-term bonds. Uh, well, treasuries, not municipals. But uh, what happened was uh, in that uh, month, up until October 19th, the 10-year Treasury kept going up in yield. I mean, inflation, it looked like, was coming back. Kind of like what's going on here, but instead of a 3.95 yield on the 10-year, you were looking at 10% yield. So the market or the bond yields kept climbing, and one day you had this horrible sell-off on Friday, and the market was down, let's say, 6 7% on Friday. Monday we came in and it was just the bottom fell out 
And, you know, the Dow had been open the day around 2,200 on the Dow Jones. Today it's at 34,000. By the end of the day, uh, it had dropped to around 1,700, and you had a 22% drop in one day, a 22% drop in the Dow. If that happened today, that would be, you know, uh, let's see, somewhere around 8,000 points on the Dow. So you'd have the Dow drop from 33,000, 34,000 down to, I don't know, around 26,000, somewhere in there. That's how big a drop it would be. We had a 22% drop in one day. In two days, it was close to 28%. But anyway, the day after that happens, all your big banks, your big brokerage firms, the Fed, the president, who was Reagan at the time, nobody said anything. It was uh, it was kind of amazing. Um, they were just stunned. And who speaks up? 42- or 3-year-old Donald Trump comes out and says, I believe in America. I am going to buy some stock today. He was in the middle. His Trump Airlines was trying to take over American Airlines, which, of course, did not happen. But he might have sold the stock at a profit. Who knows? But so he turns around in the middle of this, deal supposed to be happening market drops 22 percent in one day and he comes out and says i'm going to be buying stock today with what i can you know with all the money i can get together because i believe in america and we're not going anywhere and i think there are values out there now i don't know if he really did buy stock that day but if you had you would have made about oh 30 percent over the next six months because the market did come back. But who actually said go out and do it and exhibited the leadership of saying go do it? It wasn't any politician. wasn't any banker. wasn't the head of any brokerage firms. wasn't Goldman Sachs or Merrill Lynch or Payne Weber or the head of the Fed, whoever that was at the time. Might have been Volcker still. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was. wasn't any of those people. It was Donald Trump in his 40s. So, you know, you guys love to run him down and say what a bad guy he is. You come out with stuff every day about what he's done bad. We're two years into an absent presidency, and yet you guys still cannot forget or forgive Donald Trump. It's always about something Trump did. And yet... In in the in the last forty years I've been in the business, when the market melts down and really melts down, you rarely, other than say Warren Buffett, you rarely hear anybody giving uh, leadership to the public in a way that's meant to inspire and and galvanize people to do the right thing other than Trump. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, just, and this is uh, poignant that you just said that because updated just as about an hour ago, since we're taping this on Thursday, um, at a, 1 o'clock, 
just to let you know that uh, Aaron Brockovich was addressing the people at East Palestine. And it was interesting because they talk about it that Pete, say his name, yeah, Secretary, Secretary Pete, actually did go to East Palestine today, came today, at the heels of, you know, he was basically prompted because President Trump was there yesterday. So, again, sure. President Trump, you know, former President Trump actually uh, initiated that response. And nobody else wanted to go. That, I mean, it was, um, yeah. it was, you know, they well, wouldn't touch it, just like they won't go to the border. Right. Um, and it was just, it, it, it reports that, uh, you know, she's talking about these people in this community are almost a pawn between some political agency, corporate scenario, and they're just left there to fend for themselves at this point. She said this is a complete uh, flashback to Hinkley, California, which was the group that she was um, advocating for back, you know, years ago. So very interesting. Um, so I, I, I didn't actually realize that that, uh, that the, the transportation secretary had finally made it down there. But I guess, it, again, the push from Trump you know, made them have a oh, response. Oh, yeah, it's making them look bad. You're listening to The Tom Dupree Show with Missy Clifton. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more of the show. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us on the phone, Missy Clifton, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. This guy's name is 
Iri A and I R I E Soulja S O U L J A H. Sounds like Sister. Oh yeah, that's not his real name. I didn't think so. It's like Joseph Grau Saula. He was born in Spain. Evidently, his family moved to Kingston, Mom. And um, this song is about, and I've looked at the video. Keep it up. It says, why don't you give a helping hand to the poor and the needy? You think about it. What else is there in life? You know, for those of us who have except that we might help those that don't. I mean, is there anything better or more worthwhile? So that's what this song is about. I mean, it's something that needs to be heeded. When we look at our government nowadays. It's run for the rich and the powerful, that they might oppress the poor. But if you read the Bible, it's all through there. Do not oppress the widow and the orphan and those that are without. You don't do that. Take up for them. And, um, you know, I mean, I look at the sickness in our government and the, and the sickness in our business world. You know, you look at Pfizer cutting a million-dollar check to the Republican Party of Kentucky and the congressman and the senators they they bought off for years with uh you know with campaign contributions and so they just walk in there and give them a million dollar check when the biggest check they had received prior to that this particular fund to build the mitch mcconnell building or whatever the hell it is it's that it's that goofy little uh building over there on the street in frankfurt leading up to the uh, capitol uh, I don't know the name of that street. What is that street, Missy? It's right around the corner from the church. But anyway, but, uh, anyway and nobody says anything. Oh, okay. You know, I asked our congressman. I said, "What? Well, what's the deal going on with it? What's the, well, uh, you know, I, uh, da, 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 no answer. So, you know, this is the sickness. And let me tell you something. This is going to change. You know, you look at it. I mean, the poor will not be oppressed forever. It says in Scripture, God hears the prayers of the poor. Why? Because that's all they have in many cases. Unless someone in power decides to take their side. And not someone who says they do, but's lying about it just to get votes. And, uh, you know... All they're doing is lining their own pockets. And that's what the elites in the Democratic Party do, and it's also done in the Republican Party. I was going to say that door swings both ways. Yeah, but it swings harder in the Democrats. It's more blatant. They're more open, and the Republican Party shows signs of changing. It shows signs of some people that have had enough. I would never run for an office as a Republican. I would have to run as an independent because I think the party system stinks. I think it's horrible, but I digress. So 
let's just look at some things that are happening here. So we were oppre- well, you- we were hold on we were oppressed with these vax mandates, and we were oppressed with these mask mandates. We were told you've got to wear a mask. I still go to a I won't say where I go to a little church. A third of the church is still wearing the mask. You know why? They're doctors. They 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 work in these hospitals around. You got to wear masks in all these hospitals now. Still, you go see the doctor. You got to wear a mask. You know, UK Baptist. They all do it. Every one of them are still wearing masks. And it's now. There's an article that just came out in the. And you're going to talk to us about it in the in the New York Times that says it was all BS. It's not an article. It was an opinion piece, and I do want to talk about that because. And let me let me back up and and to to kind of marry what you so were talking is an, about is, the beginning a, about the money. Is an article more true than an opinion piece? <laughs> but, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that. But um, to to marry your thoughts about you know the money that's involved that that is the main piece of this because fact there were early treatment protocols that were very effective and prevented hospitalization fact the cdc would not embrace them why and that is the whole thing it's because the whole covid narrative would have crumbled there would have been no eua no emergency you know use authorization there would have been no money for all the covid hospital payouts there would have been no mandates because it was built on a huge huge financial payout for certain people sure and certain entities okay all right, so you, we were talking about this New York Times article, and the reason why the remarkable thing about this article is that it is the only way that the most prestigious data review on community of masks, which showed no clear evidence of benefit, made it into a paper of record as in an opinion piece? That's what people should be asking themselves. Why in the world would the type of information, scientific data, review, peer-reviewed, you know, really useful stuff. Why would it need an opinion piece to be put out? The second thing is, is that, remember this, Tom, and you and I, I mean, we all know this, that this is the type of piece even a year ago would have gotten you banned from social media. I mean, anybody that even suggested that masks were ridiculous and and not uh, helpful, they were harassed, they were harangued over the issue. I mean, literally, if, 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 if you look at this article and you understand that mask mandates were a dismal failure on a global scale, if, if, you, if you don't understand that, and clearly people don't, because I always read the comments, right? You can always kind of get a pulse on how people are thinking and feeling about things when you read the comments. Right. My fa- my favorite one is you, you just you just you brought it up earlier that you know of course in the medical setting right um, that still in the hospital it's the medical setting and of course the, the my favorite comment is always well if a mask is good enough for my surgeon it's good enough for me does that mean it works. And I, I literally want to pull my hair out when I read those comments because if these halfwits are really comparing a precisely controlled sterile operating room that has increased oxygen levels to compensate for the fact that they have masks on with the everyday, I'm going to use my average Joe comment, the everyday average Joe going about their business. 
I mean, please stop and think about this. The, the, the next one is it, they used to um, back when the mask first, you know, the mandates came out, people would show um, they, they like to show this Petri dish demonstration that that growth on the bacteria of a worn mask, because, you know, this is science revealed that, you know, see all the terrible things that they're keeping, you know, keeping out of your mouth. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, like basic bio, you know, biology 101 shows that your mouth is basically like an oro microbiome, you know, which is like the garden of even for all, you know, the Eden for all types of stuff to grow. I mean, it's warm, it's moist, it's neutral pH. I mean, bacteria thrives. But what the heck that had to do with COVID, I have no clue. It's, it's and again, you know, I love the fact so that if you deprive it, if you deprive it of outside bacteria, you are immediately beginning to shut down your immune system because the immune system is an active thing. It's always measuring and looking at any kind of microbiome that comes into your mouth and it That's stays right. active. Right. And if you shut it down and keep it from That's getting right. that stuff, it's going to go to sleep. And guess what? It has. And these people that have gotten vaxxed and vaxxed and vaxxed and always wear the mask everywhere they go, their immune systems have become intensely weakened. It's the, what, what it was, the analogy is the, uh, it's like keeping your troops ready and entrained and, you know, um, always ready for battle that they're, you know, they're not sitting on the beach getting fat and happy and not doing anything, you know, that your immune system is beautifully made to consistently confront and manage foreign. Uh, and let me tell you something. I was excoriated by people because I wasn't vaxxed and I didn't wear a mask at family gatherings. I had, I had two family gatherings that I was turned away from for not wearing a mask. Where are these people now? They're members of my family, but they still believe what they believe, you know, and, and I knew that it was wrong because common sense told me it was wrong, but we don't live in a day and age when pe- when common sense prevails. I mean, most people simply do not pay attention to common sense because I don't think they think it really works anymore. But it always has worked, and and you know, it's because they themselves don't adhere to it. They don't think the world's a rational place anymore. I would take that one step further and tell you. I mean, what I what I'm thinking when I see you know folks going about my business is, I I really think that deprogramming people who rely on the mass to reduce their anxiety and their sense of well being, but that that clearly must be why they wear them. It's a crutch, even when it's not strictly. Even when it's not even strictly logical. I mean, it says on the side of the box, this does not keep viruses out. But, okay, I, I think that this is what Big Pharma wants because all it, it's, it's people, you know, people staying sick is is good business for Big Pharma. Yeah, because we're going to come up with another vaccine for you. We're going to fix you. The other thing that you had uh, put out there to me was that some of the most stringent places out there for these uh mandates were were college campuses yes and they were really lunatic about it i mean they went into uh, just wild gyrations to for sort of form these bubbles uh where you know the college students were and i think many of them became unhinged 
and still probably are because this is underlain. This type of thinking is underlain by what I would call uber liberal progressive, progressive political views, which essentially say the individual is not smart enough or able enough to decide for him or herself. We're all part of a collective and therefore we do what the collective says to do, which really isn't about a collective. It's about a few people at the top who have hunger for power and like telling other people how to live. That's what it is. It's not being decided by the community. But this is what happened in these colleges. And now, slowly, quietly, many of them are beginning to say, well, you know, we don't really have to do this anymore, but let's not make too much uh, well, of it. And that was the point. That was the point of this article, this Epic Times article, which I and I, I'm going to go back, Tom, and I'm going to tell you, it, like I've said before on everything else, it's, it's all about the money, that the universities and colleges responded under pressure to and 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 for and you know for profit because you know again remember they were incentivized they got federal money if they follow along with the guidelines that were put out they got money right. for enforcing you know, for enforcing vaccination for enforcing quarantining and um you know uh Children, you know, uh, Nobody here. Here's the funny the- thing: is everybody in the mainstream media has moved on. Everybody in the mainstream media has moved on at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I want you to. And, and- will you will you print me if you can get a hold of that article or opinion piece? Print me two or three copies of it because I've got some people I'm going to deliver it to. Of this Epic Times article? No, the one on the Which the one? New York Times one. The New York Times, you know, and it's interesting uh, when the Epic Times, but I think it's, this is funny that when they when they put together this article talking about, you know, in its title, for anybody that wants to look it up, it's called Growing Number of Colleges Dropping COVID-19 Vaccine Mandates. And the interesting thing is, um, it, in, buried in the page two or three, it said, the author of it said, um, or the author of, of one of the groups that puts together the information as a clickable link on every college and university in the United States and what their policy was and is currently um, in the last three years. And the, quote unquote, it said, we've had some of those colleges write us and say, please, we want you to know we dropped our vaccine mandate because uh, to your point, people have moved on and now they don't want to be associated with what was the moneymaker back then, which was enforcing it. Now, it is it's driving, you know, it's driving their dollars away, families that don't want their children to go to because, you know, it, we, we know this myocarditis in young men is it's a known fact. Um, you know, uh, parents do not want to send their young men to colleges that are requiring these vaccinations when it may, you know, it may hurt them. So it's funny. It, it's all about the money. It's about the money. OK, well, the thing you need to understand about us, our firm, the pre-financial group. You know, how is it an investment firm is sponsoring uh, and doing a radio show that, that, that has this kind of stuff on it? It doesn't, it sounds disingenuous. It sounds like that's a little odd that they'd be wading deep into politics and, and the way society behaves and functions. If you don't think those kinds of things also drive investment markets and investment thinking and investment behavior, well, you're wrong. The 
the markets as we know them are highly affected by trends and ideas and, and things like that. But ultimately the right stuff wins out. At least that's the way it's been in the history of the market since I've known about it. And that's 45 years. Right thinking typically prevails. Wrong thinking doesn't. So um, things that you might uh, think of as being wise that are simply group behavior and driven mainly by fear um, and greed, but mainly fear because that's I think that's a more prevalent um, emotion among most people than than greed is when greed is involved it's usually fewer people with more to gain and they drive many many people based on fear who don't know how to be greedy <laughs> or they just that's not their prevailing uh emotion but you know this this affects investment behaviors so what we try to do at the pre-financial group is look through to the underlying reality the financial realities is it a product that's worth having and try to try to tease out or get out the things that are just by noise driving the fear and the greed part of it we don't do it perfectly that's why we talk about it get down in the political weeds get down in the behavioral weeds talk about why society is doing this that and society is very fickle these days six months from now something may have changed and people are doing something different but it's interesting to watch it's fun to talk about yeah you're absolutely right well um listen do we have a little time to talk about james o'keefe and project veritas or got about we, a minute rock and roll you got oh, about a minute go oh, go okay. go well, okay. Well, you know, John, James O'Keefe has been a uh, guest on Tom's show um, a, a couple times, several times. And we've talked about the fact that he was ousted, right, Tom? Right, we have. Yes. All right, yep. so go ahead. And I think, well, I was just going to, you know, again, these are things that you have to take a look at. Immediately the, the media weighs in and it's, you know, good, bad, good, bad. It's like you know, James O'Keefe is bad, James O'Keefe is good. What you have to look at is that, that the Project Veritas board has changed their story three times. First, they said it was mean treatment of employees and he stole a sandwich or something and that turned out to be fake. And then they switched to he's on a forced vacation because, you know, whatever. And then they got caught lying about that. So then they claim now it's something around financial wrongdoing. And when they didn't even remotely, that didn't really hold water either. So now they're changing it to, again, it's wrongful termination of the CFO. At any rate, it's, it's like, you know, just stick around long enough. It's like Kentucky weather. It'll change often. Well, what we really know is that he busted Pfizer and somebody got, somebody with Pfizer got to that board member. That's what happened. It's all about the money, Missy. We've met James O'Keefe in person. He's a, he's a handful. He's a handful, but my money's on James. Doesn't do himself any favors at times. But no, he's got a big mouth, that's yeah. for sure. But that's also what makes him so strong. Uh, abrasive is all get out. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Missy Clifton. We're wrapping up this hour. Our financial hour is coming up. Stay tuned.